I'll definitely take the money. Yeah, can I have some of it if you ever get some? No, don't. I'm like, <laughs> I'll just spend it on drugs and alcohol. <laughs> I'm like a homeless person. Don't give him money. He'll only make it worse. <laughs> and they're right. <laughs> everybody and welcome to the end podcast end of year show now we've got uh, a bit of a rabble with us this year it's almost like the whole crew from last time out so before we get started let's have just have a round of introductions joe an absolute pleasure to have you back it's wonderful to be back man back with the old crew Talking about comics and whatnot, man. I've been missing it. I've been missing Tim, Brian, everybody. Tara, haven't spoken to Tara in a while. You as well, Matt. But we we touch face on a regular basis. So, man, yeah, yeah. a pleasure to be here, and I'm super excited. My name is Joe Pocket. You can reach me at Double Zero Joe Pocket on social media. Uh, I'm starting to hit Instagram and Facebook a little more now, so I, I'm I'm getting back into the groove of social media after being gone for maybe like ten years. I'm you know, I'm, I'm a little older, so, you know, social media isn't exactly uh, uh, an easy thing for me to grasp sometimes, especially Instagram. Holy shit. I, I, I'm horrible on Instagram. But anyway, <laughs> that's me, man. That's me. Do you want to give uh, Pink Buzz a little bit of uh, a prop? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm on, an, I'm on a, another uh, show called The Pink Buzz. We usually air Friday nights at 9 uh, p.m. Eastern, uh, where we talk. Uh, our main focus is indie comics. And uh, yeah, we we uh, we like to support some Kickstarter guys, people in the indie comic industry. We have guests on, we have topics, and we have book discussions. So all right, just let's anyone... not forget which podcast you're actually on, mate. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I think we get the point. You've got another project; it's going really, really well, and we're looking to have you. <laughs> well, well, in received. I mean, <laughs> everyone here is welcome to come on. It's just you know with the. I mean, time we zones. tried to get you on, but the time zone is is. Yeah, I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. That's what I figured. <laughs> uh, and then semi-regular guests and some of the old crew. Good morning, everybody. This is Tara. I'm happy to be with you, as always, uh, crew. <laughs> it's nice to see everybody in the house together. And uh, I don't know what else to say right now. Uh, it's 9 o'clock here, so like Joe, I'm not as... I don't know how I'm not as awake as you are, Joe, but I feel like I'm less awake than you are. Well, well now we've got all the excuses out of the way. Brian, yep. what have you got for us, my man? <laughs> Be right. <laughs> oh, it's Brian Boogie Down Brown coming in to you straight from Peacehaven Town on the south coast of the UK. I'm here and I'm kicking it. I've got an Instagram, a Twitter, a like page. I'm all over your channels. Find me Boogie Down Brown. That's B O zero and do the rest. Yeah, it's all good. It's good to see y'all again. It's been a minute and I'm looking to just kick it like Bruce Lee, man. Let's do this. Oh, just rhythmic and professional. What more could you want from our uh, our guest, Tim? Of course, Tim, my, my ever standing co host. Regular listeners, such as they are, know who I am. And I don't want to hear any bitching about 9 a.m. It is 7 a.m. <laughs> every Saturday. 
we record the show. But I don't say this. Thank you all for indulging me. I'm the one who has to have the weird schedule because of my little kids. So it's great to be here. I'll be your scrivener for the uh, end of your show. I'll be taking down all the notes and stuff. So very excited. This is the second annual a- annual end of year show. So good good to be here. As a it is indeed, isn't it? That shows progress, mate. We've stuck with it for a year minus nine months. <laughs> if it comes hiatus. And we've got somebody else here with us today. It brings me great pleasure and excitement and joy. Well, it's Chris Condon. Now, Chris, you might get asked to go on podcasts every single week, and I can only imagine how dreary it is to be told how good you are every single week. So rest assured, this is not the podcast you're on now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on. So, Chris, it's been... Uh, it's been a couple of years, right? How has it been in the comic book industry? Do you feel things are back on their feet now? Uh, I feel like things are getting there. Um, in October, I was able to go to the UK. I went to uh, I went to the Lakes International Comic Art Fest, uh, and I was able to meet Jacob, my collaborator, for the first time. So that made it feel like things were getting to normal a little bit. I was able to meet some comic creators for the first time and slowly but surely been meeting more and more people, you know, readers and uh, other creators. So, yeah, I think that people are it's it's you know, things are happening. Things are are getting a little bit. uh, I don't want to say more relaxed, but things are getting uh, a little bit more back to normal in terms of just reaction, you know, interactions and reactions. How have you found it personally? Like, because I know um, it's quite similar to uh, a lot of comic creators now. It's not like being in the bullpen, the Marvel offices in New York, like working remotely has been a part of the industry more so and more so for a few years. I I work for myself with a desk as well doing um, design work. So the isolation of it, I found personally from working from home, living alone, that it wasn't necessarily too much of a burden but i think taking away the the potential for going and meeting people it did actually make the day-to-day experience a lot a lot more isolated yeah i mean for me i i don't mind just hanging out in my in my room (laughs) just doing my own thing uh that's what i do anyway and to be told that i can't leave i'm like all right this is just gonna let me focus now i can work more um But in terms of, like you said, you know, just like meeting people, that was the real disadvantage. I mean, aside from the fact that there was a global pandemic, which obviously affected everybody's lives and some people more than others. But uh, in terms of how it affected the comic and then, you know, my life as a comic book writer, you know, our first issue dropped in June of 2020, which was like the height of the pandemic. So I literally was, we were in lockdown still, wasn't able to meet anybody. So I'm just now, you know, talking to people and having them go, oh, did you do this? And I'm like, I'm supposed to do that, you know, and we're yeah. 13 issues in, you know, so it's kind of funny um, to, to sort of be figuring the industry out really now, 13 issues in rather than yeah. at issue one, like other people might have, you know. Did you find that it was more of a chance to sort of knuckle down and batten the hatches and have an opportunity to almost get a uh, an unpublished back catalogue because of the amount of time and because the industry was put on hold or is it just something that filled you more with anxiety about sort of just getting back to how things were? Um, I mean, I definitely, I, I already had a lot of the ideas that we were going to be working with, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I definitely used it as an, you know, to my advantage to just yeah. get working and to take that time to really just keep focusing on 
the work. Um, yeah, I didn't really see it as a disadvantage aside from the, the social aspects of it, you know. And is that just solely comics? Because that Texas, Texas Blood started as a screenplay, didn't it? So are you still sort of trying to dip toes in multimedia or, or are you just focusing down solely on the, on the pages? I'll be honest with you, I love comics. And now that I'm dipping my... I've always written, and so I've always been writing. And so I don't know, the, the fact that this took off and I've been writing more and more and more and more and focusing less and less and less on trying to make it in an industry that I'm now not only distant from, but also, yeah. you know, literally like it's hard, you know, to get people together with, you know, COVID restrictions and things like that on, on an indie budget, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's just more and more difficult. So me, I'm just focusing on writing right now. If anything happens down the road, it happens down the road, but I'm not yeah. focusing on it anymore uh, personally. It's not that uh, uncommon path, really, because Tom King started out in a similar way, didn't he? He tried with novels, he tried with um, screenplays for theatre, then he tried TVs, and it was almost yeah. like a last resort to when he submitted. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for him, but I mean, I always loved comic books. I mean, I know that he always, I know they post pictures of him reading comics when he was a kid and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I think the comics were always there. I almost feel like, it, it wasn't a last resort for me because I had I had already been kind of thinking um, when screenplays, you know, were not, I was trying to get funding together and the funding wasn't coming together. Um, so I was already thinking about for another project, which has nothing to do with that Texas blood, right. about adapting it into a comic book. Because, yeah, the comic book is really like that in between, uh, you know, like prose novel and uh, film. It's really that perfect in between because you're getting the dialogue. But it's, you know, it's still um, it's still a visual medium. Um, so I, you know, I was already thinking about it. It was always on the back of my mind. I'm a Wednesday comic kind of guy. I go to the comic <laughs> shop every Wednesday. Um, sorry, DC, don't go on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just I was always in love with comics, and um, yeah, so it wasn't so much that I was, uh, it was on the back burner for me or, yeah. or in the, in, it was in the back of my mind always really. Um, but you know, the, the one thing I will say is that I've always been writing different things throughout my life, whether it was screenplays, short stories, yeah. trying my hand at a novel or a comic book script. Like I've always been working at stuff. I actually didn't used to write a comic book script. I used to just draw them myself. Oh, really? And now I will never show anybody any of those. No. <laughs> but that's how I used to do it. What if Taurus asked you really nicely? If she said please and everything. <laughs> Go on, Tara, ask him. Hey, maybe on the Patreon. <laughs> butter it know? up. <laughs> maybe on the Patreon exclusive. I think I have posted something that I drew on the Patreon, actually. Uh, yeah, for, I think. Yeah, I think it was for Brutal Dark. That's um, right. Which it was a comic book. There you go. See? uh that was originally a comic book i was drawing and then and then i hooked up with jacob and it was perfect i was like okay now you draw it <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost with some some sort of irony now that you're almost more likely to get um a tv series pickup or a film by actually having done a comic it's just been yeah a, such a heavily mined industry that it's almost more accessible going down the route that you have, not suggesting that that was intentional. Or, no, or it, I mean, it definitely wasn't intentional. The, the intention for me was just to get the work out there, just to actually get the stuff 
out there, you know? Um, and for me, it was, you know, it's always just comic is like, the, that's, that's the be and end all for me. The good thing about having a comic, if like anything were to happen, film or TV is that the comic exists either way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and also so money. They screw it up. <laughs> money. <laughs> and money. Yeah. I'll definitely take the money. Yeah. Can I have some of it if you ever get some? No, don't. I'm like, <laughs> I'll just spend it on drugs and alcohol. <laughs> I'm like a homeless person. Don't give him money. He'll only make it worse. <laughs> and they're right. <laughs> but that's why I give it to homeless people, because what else is there to spend it on if you're... Let's not go down that route. I'm derailing it already. You see, it's a catastrophe, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's not... Let, let's let's um, veer away from me putting any more words in your mouth <laughs> and let's get on to the nominations shall we are you ready tim yes i'm ready let's do this thank you very much for that chris by the way not intentionally being rude but i mean i was unintentionally rude <laughs> but thank you so sure. how should we do this should we start with the big ones or should we work backwards should we start have the big guns last or should we start with the big guns up top I think for audience retention, audience retention, we should start with the big ones and see if anyone makes it to the end. <laughs> it seems to no make sense. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. Right? Well, that's why we chose it. It was fully intended. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, oh, I suppose before we get into it, I should say that we are on all social media platforms at the end underscore pod on all your podcasting locations. The shorts will be chopped up onto YouTube. We've got an Instagram. We've got a Twitter where we post, uh, we curate art and we post reviews. And if you can't find this as the end, which is obviously the coolest name for a podcast ever, but it's just not very searchable. So if you search for Spank Media, then the end, then you should be able to find us. But there is a, some irony with the fact that you already listened Spank to Media, so. one word. Because I tried media. it. Spank Media. On, okay. on YouTube, and there is a spank medium. Like, who's this Muppet? <laughs> Do you know what the funny thing is? If you search for spank medium on Spotify, you get a lot of um, um, erotica that comes up. Spotify. Yeah, and we're planted like halfway down this list of like spank bank media. By yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what? I listened to it, and it, it, didn't, do it, it, did, hey. it didn't do it. It didn't do it for me. It's science. It was like like listening to your mum telling sexy stories. Like, it just wasn't lubricious or entertaining in any way. (laughs) Unlike us, who are only lubricious and entertaining. So, let's start with the big ones. I know you've got a different arrangement on your screens to me. So, we're going to start with writer. Joe's on my top left. And then it's me. Then it's Tim. Brian. uh, Tara. And then I'm going to come to you last, Chris. That's acceptable for everybody. So we'll do, um, as we said, we'll do one where we talk about it in depth. We'll be an advocate for the second one. We'll just sort of loosely promote. And then the third one, we'll just like name check or whatever. So, okay. Joe, kick us off with writer, please. All right. Best writer. So by process of elimination, I eliminated Jeff Lemire right from the start because he would obviously be my best every year. But Mm. I mean, I don't want to keep repeating myself. So I'm going to go with. A new writer who's been everywhere this year, Rom V. This guy is, this has been the year of Rom. Because, uh, I mean, he's working at DC. He's got his indie stuff, uh, The Death of Layla Starr. 
He's got uh, Radio Apocalypse that just dropped for Vault. Uh, he's been working on Swamp Thing. Now he's even back. Now he's even at Marvel working on Venom. This guy's name is plastered everywhere on almost every label, publisher. I mean, he's, uh, I don't know if he's trying to monopolize the industry, but anyway. And is he, he puts out quality. Uh, yes, he is. He's part of a group of British writers called uh, uh, White Noise, I think they call themselves. Okay. They go by the moniker of White Noise, and they're like a little group. I think Alex Packnadel's in there. Dan Waters, I think, is part of their group. Anyway, there's a little group of them, and they're, they're a tight-knit group. And uh, yeah, cool. man. Yeah, so Rom V, man. Pick up his books. He's very, very good writer. I don't think he puts a single book out that's been bad. Like, his worst book would be considered good. So, you know, it's a it, it, it's it's a no-brainer. It's a no-miss. Uh, my second choice would be a combination of two writers, because they both write this... Uh, they both write on this one book called Darling from Source Point Press. It's uh, one of my favorite books this year that came out. Uh, and it's uh, Michael Flyzak and Todd Hunt write this book. Uh, Dave Mims uh, drew it. And uh, man, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, one of the writers has a brother that was a drug addict and it's kind of based off his relationship and experiences with his brother. And it's a great book, and it's kind of takes a uh, a junkie's view or uh, of of Alice in Wonderland. So yeah, if, uh, go check that book out from Source Point Press. Uh, the trade is out now, so you can order it off their site or get it digitally. So it's you can get the whole first arc in one sitting. So that's perfect. Great book. And last but not least, uh, shout out to James Stoko. A fellow Canadian, uh, this dude is a madman. Like, he's a beast. His books, he writes, draws, letters, colors. James Stokoe book is a James Stokoe book. And he has uh, Orphan in the Five Beasts is his latest uh, creator-owned title that he's working on out of Dark Horse. Uh, I highly suggest you go pick it up. The only negative thing I'll have to say about James, because he does everything... Uh, it can uh, you can have long delays between uh, the release of issues. So I think right now he's on a quarterly release for his book, which is which is torture to wait for. But anyway, it's it's well worth the wait because that book, woo, it's it's good. It's good. Yeah. So those are my three picks for writers of the year. So I'll I'll go next, and it's quite funny because they were when we had the newcomer category last year two of mine have actually come directly from that and that just shows you the sort of more the direction that i've been reading i've been trying to clear a lot of the marvel sort of backlog and there's very few stuff that i get um there's very few titles i actually read as they come out even in trade paperback form so it's more reflective of my uh way of reading than it is anything else i think a lot of the indie stuff i would if I was allowed to go back to the stuff that I've read this year but was released last year, then, then, then this list would look very, yeah. very different. So the first one, and I think Brian's face is going to light up. I love Jed Mackey. I just love him. I feel like he is, he writes in the same sort of way that Chip Zdarsky did at the beginning. He, he has this perfect meld of tragedy and levity and can change it on a sixpence. I love the way that he writes dialogue as well, that... I've started to feel, and this is no, like Kelly Thompson's fantastic, right? And there's no doubt in her ability, but I'm starting to 
is what did I read the other day, Brian? That you agreed with me? What was the one that she read? Black Widow. It Black just, Widow. The, the communications in it just just were atypically Kelly Thompson that could be interchanged with Hawkeye, that could be interchanged with um, Jessica Drew or Sabrina. There was just really, and it didn't fit with Black Widow. Whereas with Jed Mackey seems to find a voice for each character. Like when you read it, it you unintentionally get the tones and the, and the sort of candor and everything of each character's voice. And that's just a gift to be able to do that. The second one I'll go to from my nominees for Best Newcomer last year was Ben Percy. I think what he's done with X-Force and Wolverine are the shining beacons in the the great Hickman X-Men swindle, as we've dubbed it recently, that he is, ele- in those two titles alone, he has elevated that line to something that I can bear to keep up with. He is so... What I love about it is he's, he kind of takes... A character's history is aware of it, references it, but then isn't afraid to, to to twist that character. Not in the way that nothing will ever be the same again, but it's it's a little accent that that character will then have to be referential to in in the in the future. He's so precise with the story arcs; there is nothing wasted. If you see something on a page, it's gonna it's gonna mean something. He, I just love the precision that he writes with, and then the third one. I, the reason why I put this is just the one to name check is because everybody just knows how much I love Cullen Bunn. The guy's a motherfucking machine. He is relentless. He is the unstoppable force and the immovable uh, object thing. Shut up, Tara. I'm helping. <laughs> I'm helping. You were helping me look stupid in front of my new friend, Chris. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh. You're lucky you're so beautiful <laughs> you yeah know, let you get away with lucky it. you're such a liar <laughs> i am such a liar a dirty lie tongue <laughs> go on then tim can you write and speak at the same time i'm gonna try okay so i i the, the person i that came to my mouth my um head right off the bat i i kind of thought like if i get a stack on wednesday what am i looking forward to the most and almost every week at the mark russell comic book um i don't know how well known he he is really other than the, like the Wednesday Warriors like you know because he's got these books that come out largely on Ahoy um I find them all uh you know so he's got like Second Coming the probably the most famous one which was going to be I think a DC story at one point but then they got cold feet do I have that right does anybody know the story on that I think so I think that was going to be a DC yeah, and they yeah. they punted on that but then other <laughs> stuff so like recently he's got a, a story called My Bad uh, which is just like one or two issues in billionaire island was my favorites of the last couple of years and then maybe my favorite comic of a new comic of last this past year is um on the awa imprint it's not all robots i don't know how much you guys have seen this one it's just so great um so i always find myself promoting his stuff to the top of my stack on a wednesday when they're when he's got stuff coming in and then uh i'll second joe on rombi another huge year for rombi he was i think maybe my best new writer of last year or, some, or or definitely on the top of one of my lists for last year he's just killing it again i think and also the swamp thing out of story i don't know if you guys saw that but i think it's been extended it was going to be a 10 issue now it's like a 16 or so yeah, issue yeah. So yeah it must be selling really well and it's a great story and then i have to i guess talk about um uh james tinian who has had another huge year that's kind of like the name check another like kind of obvious one another great year for him uh, maybe my favorite ongoing 
comic of the year is Department of Truth. Um, that just continues to absolute kill, in my opinion. So um, those three, Mark Russell, Ron B, James um, Tinian, and the four, those are mine. Solid. Yes, yes, y'all. To the beat, y'all. Don't stop, y'all. Okay. <laughs> right. It's been a, a strange year for me. Well, I say strange, but when I look back, I don't read that much. I kind of absorb more knowledge about comics than I actually get to read. I did a post the other day, and just within my comicsology, not my hardbacks, not my Marvel Unlimited, I have 1796. That's 1,796 unread books. Uh, yeah. And I can tell I, you, I, all I of Swamp Thing is in there. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I'm just like behind and I'm just like running on fast to keep still. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at eight short boxes and counting on top of my digital and my hardcovers. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a mess when it comes to my reading stack, man. It's horrible. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to say, Tara? No, I'm just thinking I'm with the right group because my read pile is going to take over the house pretty soon. No, no, Listen, no, I had to buy a house to put them in. <laughs> See? That's the reason. That's the only reason Literally. I'm digital. It's the only reason. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's I, practical. I'm going to get it in the neck. Like, what are you doing with those books? Where are you going to store them? And I'm just like, no. Yeah. And you just yeah. keep them in the Amazon cloud and fuck it off. That's it. <laughs> 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 right so my number one choice this year is a guy that's kind of he's made the news but for the wrong reasons um and 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 he's done great things and he's doing great things over at netflix but that, now that his pen is back uh, on fleek again i'm loving his stuff everything he dropped is is gold and that's uh our, our, our erstwhile scotsman mark miller that's my number one pick. He his Jupiter's Legacy uh, chronology of of books are just are just awesome. The, the thing about it is they're not released chronologically, so it's like a puzzle. It doesn't matter when you jump in. There's always a bit to work out. Like oh shit, fuck, that's why that happened in, or that's what they were referring to in the fifties when, you know, it's just so clever. And the thing I love about what Mark does, man. You'll be going here and you'll turn the corner and he'll smack you like, oh shit, like what what did you do that? He, he's he's good. And that's why he, you know, he's over at Netflix doing stuff in in uh, in live action. Um but um he's also um re-upped uh, the Magic Order Volume Two. You know, that but the first volume was surprising. I was just like, you know, let me let me feel this out. Um and loved every page turn of that that was amazing with him and oliver copio now he's working with stuart imminent and the art levels have not decreased and that book is just you know you read it through there's a lot of there's there's so many characters he's playing with a lot of characters and a lot of concepts but he will still give you a smack in the jaw before the end of each book and he's also released a brand new um there i was gonna say it the man knows King of motherfucking spies. It's not called motherfucking spies. It's just King of spies. <laughs> yeah, you got it because people. Yeah, I gotta get it right. Their titles, right? There's so, Dracula yeah, motherfucker out there. King of yeah. <laughs> yeah, King of Spies number one. That is yo. It's doing bits. Yeah, it's fully fleshed out for a first issue to like hook you. 
and give you so much richness. I'm just like, this man knows his pen. His pen game is on, on point. Um, so my honourable mentions go out to um, the people that are in my stacks and stacks that I haven't read, but I'm buying this shit because I know it's good <laughs> shit. Ed Brubaker. Like, my man, like, he does not yeah. put a pen wrong. It's just like, yo, he, he, he stepped off the, the bandwagon. He's doing the indie thing. He's DIY and that shit. And he's doing what he wants to do. And it's just, yeah, I'm just, like, stacking them up. Yeah, I've got to get into that. I've got to get into that. Um, and, of course, Chip Z. You don't even have to go into the rest of who we're talking about, man. You know, again, with the stacks and stacks of Daredevil, that's just there. And, you know, okay, we're not going to get into the sub-stack conversation right now, but, you know, his, his pen game is tight. Um, but that's me. Those are my top writers for the 2021. Thank you very much. Go on then, Tara. Tara, baby. Just, what you got yeah. for me? You're trying to be nice to me now. Okay. So. Oh, that's how you get them. Be capricious. Unpredictable. Um, oh, is that what you read in that book? That's, that's why I am... Um, unanimously single <laughs> uh, I, I can't say anything because i am too so <laughs> so anyway just right, let me stop just flirting off. get on with it Shut up. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh you keep making me forget what i'm gonna say okay so about this year you already know i have like a serious to read pile going on it's because okay. this year has been the longest decade of my life um so far <laughs> and um it's just been like that. So most of what I picked, first of all, I haven't heard anything I've disagreed with whatsoever, but um, just to add a little bit, um, these are based on on my feelings more than a popular vote, but just what hit me that's new this year. And much like you said, Matt, um, some of the things I'm reading, I'm doing some back reading when I'm able to read. I also hit the first skid ever where I wasn't able to read no matter how good the book was. So it's been a strange year. But anyway, all that said, um, my number one is the same as Joey's number one, which makes me feel good because Joey's never given me a recommendation I haven't fallen head over heels for, True. which is Ram V. This is a huge year for him. Um, for me, it was the many deaths, deaths of Layla Starr that, um, that captured my attention the most. So um, I don't want to like... <laughs> being redundant with what's already been said about how wonderful he is and how wonderful his touch is. But um, the whole idea of that book, the idea of, it's sort of like an upending of death takes a holiday. It's, it's, it's more like what happens when death's job gets threatened. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's quite interesting and I'll leave it at that. Um, my second um, big debut this year um, will be Julia Anta uh, with the book Home which I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say they avoided because um, the material was too heavy since it was about the immigrant crisis in America and what happens when someone is seeking um, asylum legitimately and what happened to them once they got here. But it's mixed in with um, some super superhuman powers. It is by no means a unique story. It is hitting hard. Um, it's really good. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I do have a... Um, reaction piece coming out to um, to it on the Wednesday poll soon. And I'm also, I also reviewed the trade paperback of it for Geeks Worldwide, if anyone's interested in looking that up. And um, so, yeah, they're dealing with a difficult topic, but taking it to a next level. Um, and he, his writing is just incredible to me and especially for it to be a debut. In terms of honorable mentions, she said paging down. So, 
so smoothly. Um, <laughs> I, it, it's hard to, yeah, I'm so smooth compared to you guys. And I always have to follow Brian, damn it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a curse. What are you going to do? It is a curse. It is a curse. And, and you help me make sure that it happens to me often. And I so appreciate that, Matt. The silver tongue um, scoundrel. <laughs> I, I, right? He's like singing his, and then I have to come in with the prose. Um, okay, so um, Chris knows that he's my favorite ongoing, so I don't want to be like that girl, so I can't. No, be that girl. Chris is going to choose himself. I have it on good okay. authority. <laughs> so, so Chris, got your back. When you're, yeah, I'm ready to back you up when you say that stuff. <laughs> also, also been moved by Mark Russell this year. Um, Chip Zdarsky has done a lot of things that are in my read pile right now, including the only one that hasn't been mentioned already was his particular um, uh, piece of crossover, um, his bits of silver coin oh. and this, the beginning yeah. of Devil's Reign too. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing that's in my read pile that I, uh, um, to borrow your phrase, Brian, have been soaking up, but I can't go into detail firsthand yet. I really want to read The Good Asian because I'm hearing incredible things about that too. So what are your three then, Tara? Okay, so my top three, let's just stick with uh, Ram V, Julio Anta, and Chip Zdarsky. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Chris, no pressure, mate, but you're pulling up the rear. Uh, yeah, so uh, my top three are Chris Condon, Chris Condon. No, no, no. Um, all no, three um, excellent choices, right? I, I, we can I all get behind them. Can't fault his process whatsoever. I mean, I almost um, chose myself, and I, I've. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it really. Twenty twenty one was a great year for comics. Twenty twenty was oddly a great year for comics mm -hmm. as well um i i think that one of the choices that i, I would i would pick would be uh porn sec pichet show who who's writing the good asian which i think is a fantastic book um uh, not only is it a great noir story it's also a great piece of historical fiction uh and especially in the back matter he tend, he goes heavily into uh some horrifying historical uh moments in america that you might not have known about um which why they're not being taught in school, but they're being focused on in a comic book is, you know, that's something that should be discussed in America. Um, so the good Asian, porn stick Pisha Choke, I would say Dan Waters is one of my favorite writers, period. Um, everything that that guy comes out with, I buy. Um, I especially love Homesick Pilots. I think it's a really mm -hmm. smart spin on the, the, the sort of mecca uh story i love that it's haunted houses and ghosts and all of that it's it's fun it's pretty wild um, yeah it's it's a it's a pretty fun book but uh his arkham city uh that he's doing right now with danny is fantastic it's it's a great spin on the on the sort of uh grant morrison arkham asylum uh the ten-eyed man yep uh the ten-eyed man is a fantastic uh, uh reimagining by Dan Waters. Just making sure I didn't have it upside down. Cause... That's huge. That's the size of a, that's bigger than a baby. <laughs> how, big is it? It how, many, how many babies is it? Would you say like in a decimal, in a decimal count, how many babies length is that? A baby point three. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then if I'm to pick a third, I would say uh, 
you know, I mean, obviously, Ram V is fantastic. I would say I love Tom Taylor's Nightwing, but my pick would be Alex Pachnadil. Uh, his Immortal Hulk story that he did was fantastic. His Death of Doctor Strange story was fantastic. And both of those were done at a big two company. Uh, this case, both were Marvel. Um, but, uh, you know, his uh, short story that he did for TKO, Roof Stompers, was absolutely fantastic. And it featured some amazing Ian McEwan art. So, um, yeah, so those were my three. Honorable mentions, Chris Condon, Chris Condon, and Chris Condon. Uh, <laughs> in what order, though? Uh, definitely Chris Condon first, yeah. Okay, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Because you had me nervous for a minute there. I thought you were going to say Chris Condon. <laughs> uh, okay, let's, let's, let's save the totting up till the end, and then we can pretend that, it's, that we don't know that Ram V's won it, and that's surprised. Okay, <laughs> I've got my face ready. Yeah, and what we could do, we could also do between the six of us, who's the winner? Who chose the most winners? And then it could be competitive. Oh, no, because that'll be strategic voting. Nobody's going to be the winner, okay? <laughs> so this time, oh, it'll be me to start, won't it? Because I'm second on my screen. Uh, and we're going to go for artists. Now, this pains me greatly because I'm going with the same uh, apo approach yep. as last year because... I like the O'Toole artists that do the colouring, do the inks, do the pencil work. And what I have to say about one usually stands for all three. But Mike <clears> Dalmundo's <throat> not really done anything except for covers this year that I know. I know he's got the Hickman project coming. So it, it breaks my heart a little bit that I can't nominate Deadly Mike. So that's one that I'm not going to be nominating. <laughs> but the ones I will. Um, now here's, a, what was the what was the Jerry Dugan... Um, odyssey title that i sent to you last year brian infinite horizon infinite horizon so jerry dugan and, and it's phil noto isn't it yeah they were both just working in comic shops when they did that and that was the first thing they wrote it took them about three or four years before they actually released the the final part of it wow and when you when you look at noto's work in that compared to where he is now it's not changed very much there's just been a refinement of it and and it's that doesn't sort of mean that it's been notionalized or minimalized it's just become more concise and I, I feel like he's just the more he goes on the more he sorry the later in let me start that again i i feel the longer he's been doing it for the longer he the better he's been able to draw action sequences in motion and he's very one thing that i didn't pick up as well to start with was how expressive his characters are like there's almost a punchline it's a punchline on the page that is just a character's face and when you can can portray emotion or feeling or exaggeration in such a way like surely that that's got to be the pinnacle of um of of comic book art like for, for me anyway um second one is same sort of thing but i just love the way that he draws he's in that um rockefeller christian ward mike delmundo house and it's um rod reese or Rice, it's Reese, isn't it? Rod Reese. Rod Reese. Yeah, let's call him Rod Reese. He's not going to be listening to this. So like, I ain't too. <laughs> I'm just looking at Chris's face. So, you know, he thinks I'm an expert, <laughs> <laughs> which I ain't clearly. But yeah, Rod Reese. Um, again, I just a real sort of bright light in the, the, the Hickman swindle. Again, mm -hmm. that whatever he's on, I'll buy and I'll enjoy. Um, yeah, I just, to be fair though, in, in the whole Dawn of X, House of X, whatever, whatever, Reign of X, the art's been probably the most consistent element in it. Like the art, the artists haven't let the 
the line down and yeah Rodriguez is just front and center to that for me love everything he's done and the third one now close your ears Tim and anybody else who I might be buying a present for <laughs> <laughs> is Barry Windsor Smith now Barry Windsor Smith he used to be like a bit of a jobbing artist for Marvel about I don't know 15 20 years ago but he came back with this inch thick oversized hardcover that's it Close your eyes, Tim. That's I, I it. got that. I got that. I got that. Yeah. And Monsters, it's just, motherfuckers. it's an inch thick. It's a foot high. And the, it, I could, I mean, I could honestly believe that he stopped jobbing for Marvel and then he's been writing this over the last 15 years and drawing it. Each single cell, it's black and white in work. That's it. It's just, I don't know, like the emotional, like it's a very emotionally expressive tale. And it's, I wouldn't even say it's difficult to, it's kind of like this, this um, perverse, morbid fascination with where the story's going to go next, that you are just drawn into it. And no, no matter how dark and dank and dreary this becomes, you you were just drawn to carrying on reading it. But I probably wouldn't read more than 10 pages a night or your, or your dreams are going to be going to some hellish destinations, let's say it that way. But, but yeah, I, I've I read a lot of black and white stuff, actually, um, this year. And this, this was just pristinely set out narrated i loved it so they're my three sorry that last one should have been just a name check but um i didn't really think about the order i was doing them apologies hey matt matt quick point of order i cut out for just a moment who was your what was, what was your first uh phil noto rod reese barry winter smith oh, okay my number one this year is going to be an artist named jenna cha do you guys know who that is yeah Black Did Stars Above. Oh my God, dude, that that art in that book is insane. It's so good. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's somehow both the creepiest and most expressive art that I've seen in a long time. And, you know, that, that story is just, I think, a wow. six issue. Um, I, I just thought it was just absolutely amazing. And I don't know if she does the coloring too. There's something about the way her kind of very fine pencil work in connection with the whoever the colorist is, forgive me, who... Uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's just so evocative. I loved it. So Jenna Cha, number one. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'm going to also, Chris, you mentioned Homesick Pilots. I have to nominate uh, the artist Casper. I Forgive me, I, I might be butchering the name. Casper Weingard, I think is how you pronounce mm -hmm. that. There's some layouts in that story that are just absolutely insane that I've never seen before. I just thought the art in that was just so, so good. And then um, finally, Marco Cicchetto, the, the Daredevil story. Just, uh, yeah. I'm just, it's one of some of my favorite art from um, superhero comics this year. So those are my three. Solid. B. Right. Yeah. Brian? Yes. The old logging. Get my details on screen. All right. Um, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet because, like, to nominate, I mean, I got into comics for the fucking art, you know, and, and in the 90s, it was like the artist, the artist. Well, you know, we wouldn't have image without the artists that were wanted that hankering for that creativity to do what they wanted to do and express themselves and stuff. So I was 
you know, Money. visual and well, shush about that. Anyway, <laughs> you know, the, the, that that's what what gets me. So, like, even though I've got three, I had to go with the kind of what was I reading this year? Wasn't my kind of thing. So, my thing for me, my top pick is Elena Casagrande, and I have to give her name a, a big shout out for what the work she's doing with Kelly T on uh, Black Widow. Yeah, um, the first arc was amazing so yes. much depth so much richness and to revive uh, black widow in the wake of a delayed film and blah 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 blah, blah was was really good um the work that El- elena did is just amazing um it her dialogue stuff is a bit pedestrian and particularly in the second and third arcs because i think you can see where someone's being pushed up against a time a timeline because it starts off really rich so much detail um but when she does action set pieces omfg you get the blow by blow maneuvers mm-hmm. the twist the turns the dynamism you are in this room you're doing this fight with black widow it's amazing yeah love that it's really Agreed. exciting pulse pounding stuff and you know i just got to duff my cap to the work she's doing on that book um, uh, honorable mentions go out to Chris B- B- Bacallo or Bacallo for what he's doing with uh Spider Man, non stop Spider Man. Um, his work is is funny, it's like sometimes you look at it and you're like, What the fuck? Like, what, what am I looking at? But for, for this particular story, it's literally it's called Non Stop Spider Man and it goes and it goes. There is not that, oh, let's talk about this. It's just, they're having a talk, bang, something goes flying through the window. And his, the way he can capture that and there's debris and there's shit going on, it's just amazing. So he's got that. And I mentioned Brew Baker, (coughs) and of course you can't mention Brew Baker without Sean Phillips. And that's it, man, you know what I mean? The dynamic motherfucking duo. He he yeah. he 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 did does it for me, man. You know, I've got to get into Reckless. I've got to get into the whole Monsters series, but his he has got that thing where it's like, you know, who would love his work? Tarantino. Like Tarantino's got this fetish, this a pastiche, seventies, sixties, Americana, and Phillips has just got a way of <laughs> rounding his work in that kind of neon popping off the page and then blood dripping off your face and bones cracking when there's action and then he can do some real fucking amazing classical art type shit like no one's paying you to do this in in the big two you have to be doing this for love man and yeah he he's a guy big up so by my reckoning do we have 12 different nominations tim yeah we <laughs> do Right, so Which Chris, Tara, was... I'm not telling you to reinvent the wheel here, but if you could make it a little bit more square, that would be very much appreciated. Yeah, sorry, I can't help you with that. Because, maybe, like um... a, maybe an octagon, like something that's still going to move, but at the same time... I wish I could do that for you, but, um, but this oh, is... Oh, Joe's not gone either, there's still, there's still hope. Joe comes last. Chris, do whatever you want, mate. No, nominate, people, <laughs> no, nominate people that work in your local shop, your family, anything. Joe's going to do No pressure. Taking it off you. Tara! How's it going? 
Oh, it's going great. Okay, so right. this year... <laughs> Make a mockery of this, will you, please? Yes, Push it I'd further down the hill. <laughs> I would love to push it further down the hill, like the opposite of Sisyphus. Um, so this, this year has been about me trying to learn more about telling who my favorite artists are. So my nominations reflect like the people who draw my eye a lot. So my first one, I thought it was interesting when you brought up the auteur issue because my first pick was an auteur so that I could slide in another best artist sideways. Is it me? Here. It's me, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's it's, it's, <laughs> it is all you. It's all about you. Everything. I am my cat chick. <laughs> yes, everything I do is about you. Okay, and uh, along with you, let's <laughs> let's give the translation of Carmen by Gilliam March um, the attention it deserves because that was a moving um, miniseries. I know it was a translation um, I know there was some controversy because some people didn't like the nudity, but the nudity was not lascivious in the least. It was necessary to the story. It's another situation where we've got serious um, matter tone told in a beautiful and moving way. Um, so he is in my best artist category in the first place because he moved me the most um, in that in that book. Um, and my second and third. Uh, mentions are all about just I like the way they make me feel when I look at them and now I'm gonna have to eat that phrase after I tell you who they are so um, <laughs> Joe get ready to laugh with me um, Mirka Andolfo um, I'm pulling Mercy uh, and Mercy yeah Mercy was yeah. beautiful yeah yes and notice I said I'm pulling it not that I'm caught up on on reading it but it's beautiful <laughs> and um, unnatural we know it's really cute in there don't we joe and um, and we'll take with this tail wagon and um <laughs> and a little inside joke and sweet paprika um is, is ongoing right now and i just um really love and again she's she's an italian export love what she's doing um in the united states she's released under image and um just really enjoying the look of what she's doing and matt you look like you're about to either pull a handful of hair out or pull mine out after we're off camera. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I just, um, I've got a broken hand, haven't I? And I keep forgetting about it. And oh, I'm so sorry. Over, over gesturing. And, oh. and, and I dropped my cigarette because- is, is that what we're calling it now? Over gesturing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Brian, Brian, Ed, Brian. We'll edit that out. I would like to. Say uh, if that you it's don't leave, inaccurate, but unfortunately, <laughs> it is inaccurate and to the point. <laughs> he broke his hand over gesturing. Sorry, I'm late for work. <laughs> oh no, no, no! What I mean is, I had a broken hand, and I've been over gesturing my approval or disapproval, as I would put it. But yeah, it's it's, it's gone proper yellow now. Like it's, uh, it's oh, nice! It's changed up colors since earlier. Wow. Yeah, it's it's good though. I feel like it makes me um, LGBTQ plus friendly now. I've got a rainbow <laughs> hand. <laughs> I've got a rainbow hand. I cannot <laughs> forget the oh, rainbow oh. laces. I've got my hands. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe we'll edit that out. Who knows? Tara, please finish your thing so we can move oh, on my from gosh. this. Yeah, I won't sound at all disjointed after that. Um, so, so another person that I'm enjoying because I, I know when I'm looking at their work, it's Jen Bartel. Um, 
really love what she does whenever she shows up, mostly on variant covers that I'm excited about, like one of the Black Widow covers, because I did read some of that mm. Thompson run and love the art in it as well. So every again, everything y'all have said, nodding and really glad that Tim is taking notes because I want them for later. <laughs> and um, so, um, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't recover from... <laughs> so who are you three, Tara? Just for Tim's benefit. So just make me say it again. Okay, for, for Tim's benefit, Guillaume March. Yep. Uh, Mirka Andolfo and um, Jen Bartel. Super. Good stuff. Uh, How comfortable do you feel following that, Chris? Your hand. Uh... <laughs> 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 um... Well, I would second Barry Windsor Smith. I think that uh, monster is a monster of a book. Yes. Um, Felipe Andrade uh, from The Many Deaths of Layla Starr. Uh, it's a beautiful book. Uh, and last but not least, I know it's my book, but Jacob Phillips. Because um, not only do I see the final work, but I mean, I see it as it's coming in from thumbnails to pencils, to inks, to colors, he does it all. And to see how he takes the script that I sent him and then translates that, I think that, you know, what he ends up coming up with is fantastic. Um, and, you know, to, to be that sort of one man band, you know, it's, it's something special. Um, but yeah, I, I, I truly do think that his stuff is pretty fantastic. So I, I, I do when I get our book, like obviously like I read the words and I'm like, oh, but when I'm looking at the artwork, I feel like I'm, I'm reading a book that's not even mine. I enjoy it on, mm -hmm. a, on, a, on a level that, you know, I'm just as a comic book fan. So and I mean, that, that's all a testament to Jacob's work. And the good thing about that as well is that if we're struggling for a winner, we can just combine you and Brian to the Phillips dynasty. Yes, Phillips, yeah. Sean, <laughs> Sean and Phillips. Jacob, man. Yeah. Blood. It's blood. They share DNA. It I, am I am ashamed to say how long it took me to piece that together. Like when the penny dropped, I was just, I was in an empty room on my own and I just stood there shamed, red faced. <laughs> <laughs> Did we tell them how I shamed myself earlier this year, Chris, and accidentally um, sent his father his note with you? That happens all the time, though. So oh, I'm I didn't know. I was not the only one to shame myself. That's why he was so gracious. He kind of <laughs> I was mortified. There's, there's also, I mean, there's lots of people that uh, will they'll think that Jacob is Sean's brother, you know, things like that, or mm -hmm. no. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sean's Sean's library is spectacular. Oh like, yeah! Oh, I saw the interview when uh, Jacob was in his dad's office or whatever. Yeah. My God, <laughs> my God, that's just yeah. whew, that was. Something. I was lucky enough to be able to walk through the library, and I just oh. you know, for like the two hours or so that I was there, I just kept pulling things off the shelf. <laughs> I'm so uh, jealous right now. <laughs> spectacular. It's spectacular. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Really, really cool library. All right. So I won't help things all that much. So I'm glad, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad Chris came through. So <laughs> so uh, everyone knows I have a soft, pot, uh, soft spot for cartoonists. 
So with no surprise, my number one is James Stokoe. Uh, you know, he does everything. Uh, my like I've talked about him before, so I won't elaborate all that much. Uh, he does the books, his books from A to Z. He actually did a few spots. I think one of the reasons why his books got delayed so much, his creator owned, is because he did uh, some work for uh, Marvel and DC as well this summer. So I think that's why he was fitting in those jobs to help him probably pay to uh, so he could finish up his actually creator owned stuff. Uh, my second on the list is. Uh, Someone I've fallen in love with this year, and I would have nominated her books, uh, Faithless. I would have nominated that book as like mm-hmm. my, like as one of my favorites because that was probably one of my favorite things I've read this year. Is Maria Lovett? Yeah. This oh, is like spectacular. I love her. She's another one that falls into like the cartoonist <sighs> category because on her own book she does everything aside from maybe the lettering. Uh, I'm not sure if she does a lot of the coloring herself, but I think she does. And anything she's on has been amazing spectacular like uh and she had oh sorry have you been reading the porcelain porcelain yes i've been pulling that yeah it's so good it's really good yeah it's it's really good like uh i've been uh there aren't too many things now of hers that i haven't read so uh i think the only thing i have left is arrows and psyche or is that what it's called yeah one of her earlier things that they re-released through a blaze so I still need to read that one, I think. And then I'm caught up on most of her work. So uh, yeah. wonderful. Anytime you see her name on something, go pick it up. You will not be disappointed. And last but not least is uh, I went with a cover artist for my last one. Uh, I went with Maria Wolf. Oh, I nice. love her style. I mean, her style uh, echoes uh, James Stokoe's style. Like, I love that style. I love that that indie look, the... And Maria Wolf is just, she's knocking these covers she does out of the park. Uh, I can't get enough of her work. And I'm just counting the days and salivating to to that day where it gets announced that she's going to be working on interiors. Because when that day happens, I'm going to be the happiest man alive, man. I can't <laughs> wait for that day to happen. So Maria Wolf is my third choice. Mm. It's with them seeing the cover first, Stoko. Is there like a Daniel Warren Johnson vibe to it? A, a little bit. not as uh, Not as much. Uh, who else would I compare Stoko uh, to? Kind of looks like Ian Bertram to me a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd say that's a good comparison. Yeah, and uh, uh, who's the one who draws post Americana? Scott, Scrolls, Course. Anyway, they've all got that similar, like a little Very bit textured. cartoon. Yeah, textured with a lot of little details in it, and uh, yeah, like. Uh, you know, yeah. If you want to, if you want to read something else from Stoko, that's excellent. Is his a Dark Horse release uh, called Dead Orbit, Alien Dead Orbit? Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, that's another one that's really, really puts his his work in the spotlight. So those but were my three. It's crazy, isn't it? Like just the yeah. wealth of good material that we have to nominate. Oh, We'd need a cast of probably a hundred to get any like really respectable definitive answers. It's crazy, isn't it? Like there's just yeah. it's there's such <clears throat> when you get fucking boo boys like Rob Liefeld and all that sort of <laughs> side of the internet. Like saying comics is dead, like DC's going under Marvel Marvel's in its worst position in ages. It just like it's so disrespectful to to not just like to think that 
there's an industry of people that want to buy comics. We are consumers first and foremost, but we can like consumers of storytelling. And that if the big two didn't exist, then we wouldn't just divert our attention to some of the other fantastic uh, creatives like Chris and, and Jacob, that, that we, we would be <clears throat> that fickle. And the, the industry as a whole has gone through like a billion dollars for the first time domestically in, in recent years. Like, the, Except for when Rebirth started, and I think in the last 10 years, there's only been one drop-off year, and that was following Rebirth, where it didn't increase. This end-of-year show is only showing that to me. So well yeah, done for being so so varied and uh, my, <laughs> specific, my, but also if we could try and get some winners, that would also be delightful. It shows in my bank account as well. <laughs> yeah, that, my uh, bank account. Really on that. <laughs> It, I see is is in my near future. I think. I, I honestly think my comics cost more than my mortgage each month. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think that's a. I honestly believe, and the only reason why it doesn't dwarf it is because I actually have a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right then, publisher. Um, and this time, this was the hardest one for me. This was the hardest. Oh. One. Like, really, really was. I mean, one of them was just completely obvious. There's another one that was easy to choose. And then the third place, I was just... I mean, there could be 10 third places, right? Well, we'll see. Hopefully not, because that's (laughs) going to continue the trend of the previous two categories. This time, we're going to be starting with the delightful Tim. Go on, Tim. Tell us what you like. Publisher wise, right. so <laughs> I want history. <laughs> I'm gonna give some rough to the smaller publishers this time. Um, you know, I could go with Marvel or DC any year. I, I think they're really, really excellent. But I was gonna go with uh, first is Vault for me. I just love Vault so much, and I've been a big Vault promoter for a couple of years now. And it, as they publish more comics, it seems like the internal quality control does not decreased at all like every single thing that comes out is great in my opinion so i love vault um i want to give a, maybe a little bit of mea culpa for my second which is I, i've been much more interested in awa than i have been in the past i thought their first wave was kind of like good but also very clearly meant to write television shows if that makes sense and now mm-hmm. some of the stuff they're putting out and that's fine and they were good i was entertained by but now some of the stuff they're putting out is is i think much much more interesting i mentioned not all robots um a little while ago that's an example of something that's coming out on aw that's been really good and then finally a very what i think to be a quite small imprint but one that is again like very high quality control it's black caravan which is an imprint of scout comics um wow they write uh they publish mostly the horror stuff although i kind of feel like scout is mostly horror i'm not sure what distinguishes your average scout book from a black caravan but um some of the stuff they've been putting out is just tremendous and there's some comedy to it there's a story called gods of brutality which is very much like a body horror but also comedic kind of story um stuff like black friday which came out last year but has run into this year that is a sort of horrifying example of consumerism so it's it's a really really i think interesting impact print and they're doing a lot of good stuff and i mean the output's quite small i think they're only maybe five or six stories so far but they've all been in my opinion great so those are my three um vault awa and black caravan 
So with um, Black Caravan, if it comes down to the pinch, would we be able to put that under Scout as well? Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's an imprint <laughs> okay. of Scout. Yeah. So yeah. kind of like you with a Black Label last year? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. If it falls cool. under the umbrella, then yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. I'm going to keep this sweet and petite because <laughs> there hasn't been that many other uh, publishers I've been reading. Um, there's a few that have um, crossed my uh, purview and I'm like, I need to get more into these. So notably Boom, Vault, I've got some stuff with them that I need to just pick up on. But quite simply, um, just by the deluge of stuff that I read, it's just got to be Marvel is my pop pick. Um, you know, I, I love what they're doing. They're, they're, they're investing in real creators, people that can really write and really draw. And they're actually at the point where the MCU has given them almost carte blanche to do things. Um, you know, the death of Doctor Strange, what we've seen with um, Mind that Help me out here, Joe. Hulk, was it the... In, was it Immortal? The, Immortal. Thank you. I couldn't find yeah. a word. FFS. Hulk, yeah. Immortal Hulk, <laughs> you know, like that, that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah, this is good. It's, it's like they read sometimes like an indie, but it's not. And you're like, mm -hmm. wow, this is, is this really Marvel? So, uh, you know, along may that continue. Um, my second pick um, is DC Black Label, 100 motherfucking percent. Now, that is just gangster. Like, fuck. Yeah. Like, stop making the miniseries. Just like fucking just do it. Just like, you know, just like put it in. Let's go. It's, it's so gangster. Um, what they did with the, with, with anything they do. I don't need to, everything that they do is legit um, because it, it, it doesn't worry about continuity. It's like his own pocket dimension. They can give a cat and go like, here you go, here's a sandbox, fucking do what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and, and that's what I love about it. That's, and you know, forget multiverse and forget all of that. It's just yeah. like, yo, look, here's a miniseries, do what the fuck you want. Here's, here's the top three characters, go. Here's Harley Quinn, here's fucking yeah, Joker, yeah. here's yeah. Batman, the whole crew, fucking kill him, whatever. That's, that's the one thing I wish Marvel had. Bring back yeah. like Marvel Knights yeah. and have yes. like have their own like black label. If Marvel did that, man, my my pull list would start to be yeah. getting <laughs> a lot more Marvel in it, but they yeah. don't. They all have these yeah. stories that they try to continue within the continuity and it yeah. just loses me sometimes. That's why I love the black label. Yeah, yeah. black label yeah. Is, is my jam. It, yeah. If they did that, the closest they came to that this year was with the what if. And if they what made if? what, what yeah. if an imprint again, because they, they say like they're bringing it back and they got Zadarsky to lead on it with the mm. Spider Shadow, which yeah. was yeah. fucking phenomenal. I was just like, yeah. this is me. If I was Peter Parker, you're dead, isn't it? Like, I'm not fucking about. Like, <laughs> who's got time? Oh, let yeah. me just web you up and arrest you in six months again. Like, fuck off. No, I'm, like, you're gone. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not messing with <laughs> yeah. um, And then, of course, Image, man. They just, like, mop up everything else. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, Image yeah, is yeah. there. They're doing the bits. They got, you know, they got all the nice creatives doing nice things. And it's just tidy. So that's my top. Bang. Okay. Um, ready to follow that. Um, yeah, you're <laughs> so ready. I'm ready this time. Um <laughs> So yeah, this felt sort of arbitrary for me too because it's hard. It's hard to choose between all the things where things, all the places things are popping off. Um, 
And I read more of the big two this year than I normally do. Thank God for Black Label at DC and agree with what you just said about Marvel Knights. Um, so all that in mind, I went by what I was most likely to be reading and be happily surprised when I turned over to check where it came from. And also what tabs stay open longest in my browser because I'm looking up stuff they've got, okay? So my number one, I have more surprises from Image this year than, than most. Um, they've got some sub labels going on now and um, a few of their books have, have caught me in a, a big way. I, I feel like um, it's time for them to have some sub labels now. So I like wow. that. And I hear they have this great duo called Condon and Phillips um, doing this ongoing thing. <laughs> that some of you may have heard of too it's overrated um, it's overrated don't believe the hype are you sure because i've read every single freaking issue and i'm still in love with it so that says more about you than it does the title mate i don't give a damn i don't give a damn what it says about me it's a catastrophe it's not we disagree <laughs> thank you chris thank I thought, you i thought I was... we were gonna be friends i can't believe this oh, <laughs> shit, no, I, oh, oh i should really research what you've done <laughs> <laughs> okay so that that's yes i'm trying <laughs> desperately so the the last two the the newest surprises from there just uh, deserve a quick name check righteous thirst for vengeance just started it's really got my attention and on a whole other side of the spectrum, so has a thing called truth and they're both image books and they don't look like they should have come from the same place whatsoever. Okay, oh. second choice. Um, I have, I was torn between what to make second and third, first of all, I'll just say that. But There's no um, priority on the order, by the way. It's, I, I know, it's, it's just in terms of who I want to give attention to is what I mean. Okay, um, sorry, my apologies. That, no, that's... So very it's, it's, but when you've got a talent, what are you going to do? <laughs> I was going to say, use what you've got. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say TKO because I'm never disappointed. As long as I haven't already bought everything they've got, I'm always happy with what's there. And I always mm -hmm. want one of each when I go there. And that's not normal. Um, my third one, Boom, is another one where I've been like reading and, and I turn it over and I'm like, who did this? Oh, it's Boom again. Oh, it's boom again, kind of thing like that. And um, the things that have also been open in my browser, Black Cape, Black Caravan, like you guys just said earlier, Vault over and over again, Xenoscope, Aftershock, AWA, there's a lot going on. So um, to sum that back up, that would be Image, TKO, and Boom. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh... Well, I, I would agree on Image. I think Image Comics is a, a powerhouse right now in terms of the, the talent that they have and the, the, the titles that they have from everything from Department of Truth to, uh, I mean, they, they the, th the great thing about Image is that they not only have their own book, but they've also been releasing, for example, uh, Friday, the Brubaker story that he did um, with panel syndicate yeah. Martin, uh, Mar Marcos Martin. Good point. And uh, so, I mean, you, you have things like that. Um, obviously, um, our book is that image, but you know, the, the, the talent that they have and the, the just the disparate titles that they have, fantastic. I don't think there's a publisher like them, um, just in terms of A, the quantity and the quality. So, can, can I just ask you a question? I know that um, 
I knew that. No, uh, they didn't pay me. To oh, say <laughs> pay me, but not to say that. No, no, that, that wasn't the question. It was how much have they paid you? <laughs> <laughs> Which I suppose is actually accurate because. <laughs> but um, huh? do you think was I know with uh, Brew Baker in uh, Philip Senior they signed an ex what was effectively a, a, an exclusive contract, didn't they, for um, X amount of original graphic novels. Do you think Image are too far away of having um, exclusive contracts for like maybe five, ten writers this is similar to Marvel DC? Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know, but I, I don't think so. Only be, maybe at one of their imprints, mm. you know, a Skybound or something like that, but I don't yeah, think yeah. so. The only reason why I would say I don't think so is because, like I just said, Friday you know, was released through pan panel syndicate and then released mm. in hard copy through image. Um, yeah. Same thing with James Tynan with his, um, his blue project blue book. Uh, his book is going to be released through image again in uh, hard copy. I Razor believe Blade. Razor blade. The and Razor, yeah, and Razor, is coming yeah, out so, through image. So yeah. these are books that are not being published through image first you know they're they're they're, fi yeah. they're finding a home with image so i don't see them you know having an exclusive contract with anyone i think that people want to work with them though because you get a contract with them unlike any other publisher in terms of rights um so i think that people will just want to work with them in general yeah they're one of the few that actually allow the creatives mm -hmm. to keep keep the ips if they're sold on for tv and stuff yeah. i was actually um, I can't remember which podcast it was on, but it was um, with Zdarsky, and he is, if you ask him a question, he'll either say no or he'll give you a straight answer. And it was actually really surprising to me, especially with people like um, Skybound as a, a diffusion and with Boom, that you, you don't you don't um, keep the, the, the intellectual property going yeah. forward. You just get um, um, basically a cut of the distribution, it, which I was, thought was surprising because I thought it's almost like the ethics of going with an independent um, label is, yeah, is I mean, very, the antithesis of that. If you want honesty, that's, that's why I don't have another book out right now, um, is that I, A, you have to, you know, if you're working with Image, you have to pay your artists as the yeah. creator to get not only a pitch, but also to lock them in for a series. And, you know, I just, you know, we don't make enough from Texas Blood to be able to do that. Um, and if I'm doing another series with somebody, I want to be able to retain those rights. I don't want to give those rights away. So that's why I'm, you know, I'm waiting, playing the long game. So hopefully something yeah. soon, but, you know, there's nothing on the docket. Um, I think that actually ties up with conversations that um, I've had with Tim previously on the podcast with, uh, with, with what we've just discussed and also the whole Substack thing that it it's that model only works for creatives that have already made a name for themselves and they seem to be the yeah. ones that are moaning when really they have an existing revenue stream that should all be delayed by two months or three months or six months so it's it's kind of the antithesis of what it's supposed to be set up for which is helping creatives whereas it's not Chris Condon that's benefiting for this shakeup in the model. It's the people yeah. that already have existing um, reputation. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. Yeah, I feel, I feel that way for sure. But you know, I mean, that that is the benefit of you know making the books that these people make. I guess that that's the yeah. benefit is that they they're able to to do what they want at this point. Would I have liked to have been offered X? <laughs> sure. But, um, you know, I, I'm happy with our book right now. And I'm, I'm happy that, um, 
because one of the questions that we always get asked on podcasts and stuff is like what does image tell you like what what do they tell you you have to do or not do or whatever and the truth is that the only notes that i get are that you know i misspelled this word or i used you know this wrong or whatever maybe Mm -hmm. jacob has like a panel screwed up or a a, a, you know like a dialogue balloon screwed up somewhere is the wrong person saying the wrong thing those are the only Mm -hmm. notes we get from them they don't tell us what to put in the book they don't tell us how long the book can be we've actually gone over for like three issues the last arc um so we're like at 36 pages or something like that a couple times i love Uh, that and they don't say anything because it comes out of our cut you know so they're fine with with, it i think with that though and it's something that uh, again tim and uh and i spoke about on the previous podcast that um there is like there's financial capital but there's reputational capital as well and I feel Mm. that the position that you're in and again not wanting to put words in your mouth and and this isn't an interview episode obviously but it's just really interesting to get your point of view on it that I feel that the because we were talking with it the remuneration for if things get turned like Marvel writers if they get turned into films and things like that whereas really it's not a financial remuneration it's a reputational gain Mm. from having worked on those that you can then um take into the indie stuff afterwards and i think for people like yourself that by doing a good like my nan always used to say the biggest reward is a hard day's work and i think with people like yourself when you put that effort in and you come out with the reputational gains at the end of it this that will eventually work out as financial remuneration basically what i'm saying is you're good at you do and people will pay you to do it if you carry on being good definitely (laughs) definitely definitely on the way to building a uh an impeccable reputation. And I think Texas mm-hmm. blood is a testament to that. And, uh, you know, before long, you'll be able to have your own sub stack. Uh, if you wanted to, like, I mean, you're, you're definitely on the path to it. So, you know, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the, I mean, I really do appreciate that, but yeah, it, it's, you know, that that's not to, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to put down any creators that are doing those things. No, please do. It'll make, it, it'll make um, this episode sell. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I really do appreciate that. The headline. Um, you know, we're just trying to do the best that we can. And we, I mean, the biggest thing that I can say is that, you know, we're just trying to make a book that we would want to read, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I've just sent issue 14 over to Jacob and he just read it and he was, he, he loved it. So I'm like, okay, so we're, we're good. You know? So that's, that's really the, the, the thing is, you know, whether he likes it, whether I like it, you know? And so that's, that's really my, the bar. And if you guys like it too, that's even better, obviously. Um, well, you have a captive audience though. We invited you on after all, it would be atrocious behavior if we did not like <laughs> you and we just set you up for a roast. <laughs> um. But I, w- I will say, because we got we got a little bit off topic, but I will say that I really yes. do love what DC Comics has been putting out this year, um, just in general. Um, I also love the fact that DC was able to create a horror imprint for Joe Hill, the Hill House comic. Oh, yeah. I know that that was um, in previous years. However, they followed through with it and now they have a refrigerator yeah. full of heads. Yeah, um, They're not afraid of horror. They also yeah. have the, uh, the last podcast on the left uh, guys doing doing a book. Uh, called soul plumber yeah fun yeah, that's good. um i that that's something that i don't really see from marvel and this isn't to you know shit on marvel i i, I love marvel i read the marvel books um but they are but missing DC, that 
DC is doing something fantastic in sort of branching out. And like the fact that, like I said, Arkham City before with Dan Waters and Danny, that's like a really cool book that's in the Batman universe, you know, and it's a horror book, essentially. Um, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, the human target is, looks fantastic. The Greg yeah. Smallwood artwork, fantastic. Um, I, you know, there's just so many books out from DC that I, I'm like gaga over, like wh whatever you feel about it, the fact that we got a Batman 89 book and a Superman 78 book, yeah. really cool. Um, you know, it, it, they're just, they're really doing well and I'm, I'm really happy about them and, and really been enjoying their stuff. Um, Nightwing, I mentioned before Tom Taylor's Nightwing with Bruno Redondo is phenomenal, really good book um yeah i don't know it, dc's been been killing it and uh yeah i'll leave it there Have right so before i interrupted you in like totally side sidetracked the, the, the direction of the podcast can you just refresh your, your top three please chris uh so i didn't pick three i just picked two okay. uh <laughs> but i mean I, you know i will i will double down on on black caravan as well because i like their stuff and the, the reason why I think that they are a an imprint of Scout, not Scout proper, is that they seem to be a little bit more gonzo in like the terms of what they, they put in the book. Yeah, uh, so maybe wild. not putting the Scout label on it <laughs> is uh, is a, a, a move that, that, you know, it's almost like uh, it's a little more taboo, you know, to say that, oh, this is a pyramid book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll say Image, DC, Black hair, man. Those are my three. Nice. All right. So I took the same approach as Tim because I feel like, as far as I'm concerned, Image is a powerhouse. They're the most influential publisher right now in comics. That includes Marvel and DC. I think Image is influencing the comic industry more than any other label with the books they put out. So I eliminated because they don't need any more advertisements. <laughs> so those three labels, man, Marvel... DC image, they'll take the cake anytime, any time of the year. So I focus more on smaller indie labels, kind of not unlike Tim. So number one for me would be Dark Horse. This year, coming out of the pandemic, Dark Horse got off to a stutter to get back into shape. But in 2021, man, they came out of the blocks like a ghost out of hell. Like they came out with Crimson Flower, Black Hammer's back with a vengeance. Uh, Orphan and the Five Beasts is like my one of like, Orphan of Five Beasts issue two was the single best issue that was released in 2021 for me. Uh, you have, uh, they brought back uh, no, no One Left to Fight. Jenny Zero was a fantastic book that I loved and just got the humor in there just landed with me and I love that book. And Dark Horse signed a deal with Comixology to release all of Comixology originals in print. So they have a deal with Comixology right now. So I think Dark Horse this year as a publisher mm -hmm really really took a lot of steps in the right direction to to uh you know put out quality titles for for people to enjoy because they've suffered haven't they in the last couple of years like there was no real they, they lost a lot Hammer's of ips yeah they lost a lot of like licensed uh ips they had like uh what was it they lost anyway i think they did they used to have like alien and all Aliens that stuff and now yeah they did star they, wars they too yeah Cody. To be fair, they also were, you know, I mean, they, they had to reel from that scandal with Scott Ali. 
yeah Harvey pronounce his name yeah um, but uh so yeah so it's good good to have them back for sure yeah yeah they came back and now there's rumors that they're up for sale and marvel's looking to buy them out which please really? god please no, god no. i don't i do not want that unless they use dark horse as kind of like a black label for them yeah then that's the only way yeah. i'd be down with them buying dark horse but if they try to buy dark horse and just put hellboy in with the mcu oh god, no god that would be a nightmare <laughs> that would be a nightmare for me so i really hope that doesn't happen because we've seen what disney uh and marvel do together and that's we'll get into Oof. that when we get to the uh shows and the movies uh, i am looking forward to the aliens um origin series it's going to be put up on hulu and that wouldn't have been possible without them buying fox and then by proxy yeah. regaining the the ip from the ip from from dark horse so yeah. i think I think they're in a very interesting position where they're allocating and reallocating IPs to which platforms are going to work the best. I think the problem is that, as we've said many times on the podcast, the X-Men, you've got Marvel Comics, and then you've got X-Men. The two things are almost completely separate, and I don't think yeah. they've ever been as separate as they have been in the last sort of two, two to three years. So I think you're almost better off, even if you just call it Marvel Studios 2. I mean, you can't, the X-Men need a studio as big as Marvel Studios to deal with all their IPs. And and that, that probably, in my opinion, should still be Fox under the creative control of Feige. And we've seen really in the last couple of years that he's more of the overseeing sort of Alan Horn figure now because mm-hmm. you have him, um, Desposito and Victoria Alonso, that sort of trifecta that you don't really hear um, doing the presses anymore. Like, who is the guy... They're learning on the on 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 the run with this sort of thing, and mm. yeah, yeah. If they, yeah, if they, I don't know. Do we'll that, see. We'll they, see what shakes out. Them. We'll see what shakes out. It took almost a year for them to buy out Fox, right? Because of uh, mm. issues and monopoly issues and all that crap. So you we'll see how it shakes out. Though. No, I just wanted to say about um, if Dark Horse is going to be bought out by either of the two big two, I would much prefer it be DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only does does that you know Gotham just work with you know Hellboy, you know it's yeah. just I don't know <laughs> I would I would much rather see them control the property if anybody was going to be buying it, but I hope that they remain yeah. autonomous. Does yeah, it because they, you they've, they've, sorry, go on, Joe. Yeah, they've had a better track record with like let's say second imprints like Vertigo, uh, Black Label. They had Young Animals. Uh, they have yeah. a much yeah. better track record with having a second imprint that's kind of detached from the rest of the DC universe and really. Uh, creating stories in a whole nother side universe that you know holds on its own without being affected by their big uh, flagship titles you know it doesn't rely Mm -hmm. on that and I think DC does a great job with that so if they took over I'd feel much more confident than if it was Marvel yeah and we've seen the way that they they're very selective with the way they did with Alan Moore Swamp Thing with Morrison's Animal Man with um, uh, Gaiman's uh, Sandman that they're connected when they need to be. And um, when they're not connected, it doesn't matter. Like, just allow mm-hmm. it. And I think that's a sensible way. I think the only thing I'd say uh, contrarily to that is, like, Vertigo doesn't exist anymore. I know it's DC Vertigo or whatever. It's a very small tweak. It's not like Vertigo doesn't exist. It's just it doesn't mm-hmm. exist in its previous form. I'd just be a little bit nervous about them um, just consuming it whole and integrating it. But if the output's there, then what, what difference does it matter what's on the spine? Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 you know, 
anyway, we'll we'll see what what shakes out in the, in the <laughs> next in the next year. We'll see if anything comes of that. Uh, so my second choice would go would have to be Vault. This year, Vault, uh, they've been stepping up their game. I think e- with each sub- subsequent year, they've been, you know, jumping up a notch. And this year, they put out like a plethora of books that I love. They, the Barbaric was a wild book. I loved it. Such a great book. So much fun. Like, who doesn't like an axe that drinks blood? and gets drunk off the blood it drinks from the people they kill. Like, I mean, just that concept alone is, is bonkers. Like you, you, you just want to read it just to see like what, what'll happen in it. And the way they draw the acts, the, the aesthetic, wonderful, like great book. Uh, you have Rom V that uh, released the radio apocalypse, which is awesome because they put little uh, Easter eggs where if you see a title, you slap the song on on Spotify and read along with it, which was great. I love that. You have uh, Christopher Cantwell, who's doing a Blue Flame, which mm-hmm. everybody loves. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got all these titles, and uh, they're all very good quality. And they're starting to put out hardcovers, which in my book is a big plus for me because I love buying hardcover collected editions. And they're starting to go with the collected editions in hardcover form. So, man, that's a plus for me. So they, they make my number two very easily. And last but not least would be SourcePoint Press. Uh, they're a very small publisher, but uh, putting out some really great books. Like Darlin was one of my favorites this year. Uh, you got The Cult of Dracula, which was fun. You got Good Boy that's out right now. That's a whole lot of fun. It's kind of like uh, the reverse uh, John Wick. If, uh, you know, the dog took revenge, if, uh, you know, John Wick got killed. Oh, yeah, the dog yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it, it's they're putting out some good stuff, some quality stuff. And I think uh, slowly they're, they're, they're stepping up their game. And uh, in the years to come, I think you'll be hearing a lot more from SourcePoint Press. So I've, I've got two written down on my third spot. <laughs> I know what it has to be, but I don't want it to be. And I'm going to give, like, this should be a positive thing, but I'm really annoyed with Marvel at the minute. And there's no way I can, it's 75% of what I read, probably 50 to 60%. And that's just the completest in me. And, but I'm really annoyed with them. The whole X-Men thing, we've discussed ad nauseum, and I feel taken advantage of with that. But, the only characters that I currently read are the ones that don't really matter in the long stream of things. I'm just... The the main running arc through Marvel is exhausting. I, and they're not... Like, why doesn't Marvel Comics realise their front and centre is the Avengers? It's Spider-Man. It's Captain America. It's Thor. It's Hulk. We have to go to some really alternatively traditional body horror, uh, um, Cronenberg sort of horror with with Al Ewan's Hulk for someone to pick up an Avenger. Like, that's not traditional Hulk. That's doing something so well that it works. Mm. When was the last Avengers event? When was the last Spider-Man event? Like, serious event. Can you imagine what a Spider-Man... We have 10 Spider-People, but yet... It, he's penned into his own little thing. Can you imagine what a well-written Spider-Man event could do this year? Unbelievable. Avengers. Avengers are like an afterthought. They've been an afterthought for 10, 15 years. Can you imagine at any point in the last 10 years what a good Avengers event would have looked like? What it would have sold? 
If you'd have given it the attention of Hickman's X-Men and done it well, not just some re-fucking boot of Civil War, whatever, not some reboot of this or that, some proper original ideas that involved the Avengers and the sprawling titles and it was written well. We had a Captain America one, but they, they made him a bad guy. Like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking, Marvel Comics? Give me something that I want. Like Empire, Absolute Carnage, War of the War of the Realms, fair enough, but the fucking thing was fifteen hundred pages. What are you doing to me? Yeah, I still ain't want, I do yeah. not want to buy I don't want to buy what you're selling me, but I will do. I just will never read it. Like why just give me something that I want? Don't don't sneak in. Don't sneak in Immortal Hulk because it's just written by one of the best writers at the company that could have written anything at that point that would have been that good. Give me something with Spider-Man that I want. Give me an Avengers event. That I mean, do you not realise what the MCU is doing? Do you not realise that people like people are spending billions of pounds on like a single issue of films, and you're just giving me. And and, and here's the thing as well. I'm getting really on my fucking high horse. <laughs> This, this, this iteration of all new or different through to fresh start of Marvel, they backed the wrong cats. Sam Humphreys is now at DC. Tom King is now at DC. Tom Taylor is now at DC. Mm-hmm. And we're left with Teeny Howard. No disrespect to her, but she is not in that, that same fucking league. We're left with... Um, that. It just seems that there's this fucking click with, like, you know, Donny Cates... Great writer, but inconsistent. Teeny Howard, good writer, inconsistent. Kelly Thompson, starting to write very, very similar stories. It all, even the solo titles, they all end up being ensembles and it's always a plucky gang against the odds. No, they're superheroes. And it wears me out. The best things that I've read at Marvel this year, Chris has come back and he's like, fucking hell, mate, I just went, I was away for a long while and you're still going. <laughs> and buckle in, mate. I, ain't I, even I, I came back and the war started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm an well, easy this... I'm I'm an easygoing kind of guy as well. This has really got my go. The things that I read, <laughs> I've read I read the Taskmaster thing because it was Jed Jed Mackey. I read um Black Cat is one of the best things. I'm reading Daredevil, but these are the things that aren't connected into the main line in Marvel. Mm. I feel completely disconnected. I actually feel like mm. I'm reading Marvel at the minute, like it's an indie. That I'm just cherry picking yeah. the things that don't matter. And Joe's laughing because he was telling me this three years ago and I was going, shut up, you fucking traitor. (laughs) And now now I'm in the pocket. I'm in the pocket way of thinking. But there is absolutely no... This is my first choice, by the way, Chris. There is no way that I cannot choose Marvel because it's most of what I read. And and I like it. And also, they do... The the back catalogue that they're releasing for like Hawkeye, that trade paperback still came out this year. So, yeah, go to go, Joe. Tell me. All right. I'd just like to say this concludes a new segment for the end pod called Mad Matt Raging Rant. So that concludes <laughs> this section of the pod. <laughs> Probably my single favorite rant I've ever done, Matt. I'm Matt, very entertained. No, it's Mad Matt Fury Reed. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, my, my the first entry of my favourite publishers of this year is Marvel. <laughs> <laughs>
because I've enjoyed some of the stuff I've read. No. I, 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 wanna, I, do wanna get I'd hate, I would hate to hear what you have to say about a publisher you hate. <laughs> oh, no, it's love-hate. It's love-hate. Do you know what I mean? It's like a really sexy girlfriend, but a family are really obnoxious. You're kind of like, oh, we don't have to see him that often. And I can sort of choose to dip him when I want to. So, <laughs> for now, for now. It never works that way. <laughs> no, but I think what they're doing now is they've realised that they've, they've probably backed people a little bit too too much over the last five years. I think really Rosenberg is still top draw. Uh, Ewing's still top draw. And in all seriousness, guys like Percy, guys like Jed Mackey um, and um, Alex Packnadel as well that's been given an opportunity. Um, coming from my second choice uh, uh, for the stuff he did at TKO and... And, and whatnot and so they are doing things right i just feel like they backed the wrong horses five years ago and now we're bearing the fruit of that and also i mean look marvel defense is not a new problem right like it's not it's not i'm not the first person but i was i anyway second one tko i'll just uh tko i'll just buy anything that they'll release i just love it i love, love the oversized um format i love that they just bring them out as original graphic novels um and it's one of those that it's the same way that I read uh, Transmet because I know it's like a, a a finite resource. I'll treat myself maybe three or four times a year with a new volume. And now I've only got four left of the Transmet, maybe three. So that's going to come to an end soon. But yeah, yeah, with TKO, I, I just I just love the way they're set up as a publisher. And they I don't know if they're just lucky or it's by strategy, but there is nothing that I've read on there. And they and they've got this real great mix of, like like I said, some some of the first stuff that uh, Pat Nadell did, and, and at the same time you'll have Jeff Jeff Lemire. It, I just really really like what they're doing. And third one, there's no point going into any any detail, but Image is just a microchasm of the industry these days. I, and the way that Tim usually puts it is that comics aren't a genre; it's a medium. So. And of that medium, whatever you like on TV series or films, there'll be something for you in comics as as the broadest sense. And Image is just doing that month by month. So they're my choices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't think I was going to get angry about it. I thought I was just going to tell you how I felt. <laughs> I've also said Telling that to the girlfriend. Telling us how you felt is getting angry about it. Yeah, that's what those ex-girlfriends said as well. Why, uh, are you, <laughs> why are you always drunk? Why are you always crying? Uh, <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't laugh. I, 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 would, I sometimes I do wonder what if they ever think about me. Nightmares, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that it? Who went first on that one? Was it Tim? Hi, everybody. This is the M-Pods. Matt here, and I do the editing as well. So, yeah, same guy, different hat. And in post, when I was putting this together, we perfectly, almost perfectly, because obviously the time's on the front of the video, came to an hour and a half covering all the comic stuff. So I thought it was a good idea. So you're not bored to tears, and we can release it in two parts, this being part one with all the comic stuff, and next we're going to do all the exciting TV and film stuff for the year. So we have been, and stay tuned, for the end. <laughs>